0: on
1: ESPN Radio.
0: A little Grady Spencer in the work here for you on your Friday. If you haven't checked those guys out, they're awesome. Get them in your life. I promise you, they'll make you very happy. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate everybody for being here. Miss anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the Nuana's Now podcast, proudly presented by The Advocates the M-Store, and the Montana State Bookstore. Friday Night Lights is back. Look at this, the first Garden City spotlight of the season, and we have high school football on the horizon later this week throughout the state of Montana, including involving all three of Missoula's AA high schools. Missoula Hellgate head coach Ryan Nelson joining us here on ESPN Radio. And, Coach, I know it's been a busy last couple weeks, but what do you think you guys got out of it? I mean, what are some of the things? I know you talked about sort of your hopes and thoughts and plans for Hellgate football in your first year, but what did you think? How would you sum up fall camp? What do you think you guys learned?
2: Yeah, you know, I think for us it was, you know, identifying as a staff, you know, where we wanted to be, you know, uh, week one, game one. Um, and I thought we, we did a, a great job of, of coming up with that game plan, you know, making sure that, uh, we, we had enough in to, to where we, you know, think that we're putting kids in good positions to have success and, and, uh, you know, and, and finalizing some depth charts and, and who the guys are going to be in, in all three phases of the game. And, and so, uh, we feel really good about, you know, where we're at with all of that stuff and, and, uh, looking forward to, uh getting them on the field and seeing how it goes tomorrow night
0: did you have any major position battles or any sort of personnel things you needed to sort out or how how did that part of of fall camp go for you and and where are you guys at just in terms of the the lineup that you'll roll out there on friday night
2: yeah you know we were were fortunate enough that in, in quite a few positions there were some good battles you know for starting jobs and and that was something that we talked about that you know we we wanted um you know, going into the season because it's going to create competition and practice, and it's just going to make everybody better. Um, you know, so it was it was uh, some good battles at wide receiver as far as you know who which guys were going to get the nod, and and um, you know they had some battles at linebacker and some in the secondary defensively, and uh, you know, so we are pretty fortunate to have the depth in those positions and, and feel comfortable with. Um, you know, the the number two guys getting some playing time as well on Friday night. Uh, you know, so we're we're happy with how things shook out and we think that we've we've definitely found the the right guys to put on the field and, and go win a football game tomorrow.
0: <clears throat> Ryan Nelson joining us, Missoula Hellgate head football coach here on uh, Nuanas Now. His team takes on Great Falls CMR on Friday night. And Coach, when it comes to the quarterback spot there, I'm assuming that, that Connor Dix, the guy, because I think that he's one of the best athletes in the state of Montana, and he had a great year last year as a junior in both football and basketball. So, uh, if so, uh, how much uh, security does that give you, you know, in, in your first year as the program, having a guy that's been around a little while?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, You know, I think I said it before, Talk about being spoiled, you know, to step in as as the new head coach and have a a kid like Connor at quarterback and um certainly made, you know, the, the transition from the offensive of the side of the ball, you know, very easy. Um you know, we we tried to keep things pretty similar to what to what he's used to and, and, and what he's good at and and uh you know that way he can just go out there and play football and not have to think too much, you know, so that was uh, that's a huge blessing, you know, to, to uh, be the guy stepping in as the head coach, you know, at the end of April, you know, things have to happen pretty quick and you got to figure some stuff out in a short few months. And um, so that was, that was certainly something that uh, I wasn't overly concerned about was, was that position and, and uh, the, the ability that, that he has at, at playing quarterback and um, allowed us to, you know, kind of focus on other aspects um, of the program um you know naturally me being the defensive coordinator and bringing in a new scheme um, you know i was i was able to put uh, the time needed to make sure that we are where we wanted to be on that side of the ball and then you know put some major emphasis on special teams as well so uh, pretty fortunate that uh, things were pretty much in place for the most part um, you know on offense and, and with connor at that quarterback spot
0: Ryan Nelson joining us here on the Garden City Spotlight. Nguyen is now ESPN Radio. High school football opens up, actually opened up on Thursday night and opens up for most teams around the state tonight, Friday night. Uh, Coach, let's talk about Great Falls CMR. It's been fascinating to watch sort of the evolution of the program. When I was in high school in Montana, it was just death taxes and CMR in the playoffs. I mean, it was it was unbelievable the run of success they had under Jack Johnson. I mean, 41 years, 300-plus wins, 13 state championships, And uh, a little bit of a dip in the program since Coach Johnson went away, but it seems like they've really got it back on track. They've been competitive the last couple years. They're always going to be tough. Great Falls kids are always tough. And they got one of the best athletes in the state, and Cole Taylor operating their quarterback position there at CMR. So uh, what's your general scout on the wrestlers? What do you think of this matchup for your your team to open the season?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities with uh, with, with the team that they have compared to what, what we've got as well. Um, you know, uh, uh, the Taylor quarterback, you know, him coming back, I mean, knowing what he's capable of, um, you know, definitely kind of a dual threat kid, uh, you know, and it certainly looks like on film that he's surrounded with enough to uh, to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they look physical on film. Uh, they, they run the ball hard. Uh, running bats initiate contact, and so it's been kind of our main focus this week is making sure that we're matching that physicality. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, ultimately it's, it's certainly going to come down to, in my opinion, you know, just, uh, who executes, you know, best overall. And and I think who takes care of the football, because those are usually two things that are major factors, um, early in the season, you know, so, uh, it's going to be a fun battle, you know, certainly, uh, uh, we're feeling pretty confident going into it. Um, but, uh, going to be one that we have to earn for sure. Last
0: thing for you then, uh, what will be the keys to victory? I mean, what do you expect from this road trip? Uh, what's it like getting your team to prepare? And uh, if you guys are to to come out on top, what what are going to be the key factors?
3: Yeah,
2: you know, just for us, we've we've really taken care of the football, and then you know, vice versa, creating some turnovers defensively. Um, you know, keeping the keeping and riding the momentum as, as long as we possibly can, and and uh, you know, riding the highs and battling through the lows and, and fighting through adversity and. Uh, you know, uh, understanding that, you know, it's it's game one. Mistakes are going to be made. But uh, having a short-term memory and just focusing on the next play.
0: Appreciate you taking the time, man. Best of luck. And uh, we'll be following along. Ryan Nelson, Missoula Hellgate, head football coach. He'll join us each week here on the Garden City Spotlight. Thanks for being mm-hmm. here, coach.
2: Hey, thank you. Go Knights.
0: Hellgate at CMR should be a good one. Uh, Cole Taylor, one of the best Athletes in the state there at CMR, and they should have a solid team, and we'll see what the Knights got cooking. But if you got a quarterback, you got a chance, and Connor Dick is one of the best quarterbacks in the state, so that should take Hellgate at least to be competitive uh, in some games. Garden City Spotlight rolls on. So excited to welcome back on the Garden City Spotlight Missoula Big Sky Head Coach Matt Johnson. We'll be touching base with all of the Garden City's AA football coaches and probably even splice in some Loyola action this year as well. Todd Hughes is expected to have a good squad there at the Class B level as well. But Coach Johnson, I know that uh, fall camp winding down here, and now getting into game week, and uh, here we are now with the the opener here uh, later on this week. So, just tell us about how it's gone this last couple of weeks. So, what have you liked about your team? What have you seen out of your team so far?
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Colter. Always a pleasure to be part of the radio show and. Um, you know, coming out of two days, I don't know. I'm I'm still seeing oases uh, from all the heat. I don't know if uh, the heat stroke's worn off yet. What I've really seen, so <laughs> trying trying to get over the the heat stroke, I guess. But you know, seeing a lot of good things. I like. I think one thing that's been huge for us this year is our the amount of kids that we've had buy in and and take part and understand who we are and and want to be a a bigger take bigger roles and be a part of it. Um, we're pretty young overall. I have 13 seniors on my roster. Um, we probably only have, I don't know, half a dozen or a few more than that of kids that played varsity last at all in their time, and most of it would have been last year. Um, so we're pretty young. We're, we're pretty raw. So that was a big part of getting through two days, you know, uh, getting our kids to understand how things – how it all works. And, um, but so far, good. We're, we're a team. I I would say we're not really, we don't really have a big shining star person on our team. Um, it's more going to be by committee. And, uh, I I think that's going to work really well for the identity of this team too.
0: Just from a coaching perspective, though, when you do have sort of young, raw guys, but they do kind of have the passion to be out there, that's probably something you like as a coach, right? I mean, you guys are in this to kind of help guys get better. So, I mean, do you like the the progress that can be made when you have guys that maybe are a little bit more raw?
4: Yeah, totally. Um, Especially, you know, we've changed some things up this year, just how we do it. We changed our offense, uh, some things of how we practice. I think it's been really good because – the expectation for a lot of these kids is, you know, at the bottom for themselves. Like they, they don't know any better. And so you're able to take them and anything new you can bring in and, and keep working to build them up. Um, so it's kind of like working from a a blank piece of paper, I guess, instead of having it already halfway done for you. So, um, that part's been pretty good. Missoula big sky head coach, Matt Johnson, joining us here on the
0: garden city spotlight. His squad opens up against Bozeman Gallatin high school Friday night. And uh, coach, I I know it's a little early, so maybe it's still to be determined, but I mean, what do you think will be sort of the identity of this team? I mean, how how do you hope you guys get it done? It's always a moving target in high school football, how you're going to play and uh, what style you're going to play. What do you think Big Sky is going to be like this year?
4: Well, I think one signature on, for the Big Sky Eagles, it's been pretty consistent is um, that we're a pretty gritty team and, we're a team that maybe doesn't always match up size wise and skill wise, but other teams find that they're in a pretty good dog fight with us. Um, you know, I've had multiple coaches tell us that over the years, and I, I think I got about eight or nine ex big sky eagles on my coaching staff that always always hint at that. Like, oh man, our you know, our right guard's smaller than normal and they're like, nah, typical big sky kid. So, you know, I think I think you'll see that. I think that's something that's been a consistent um I think as we go our, our identity will be the fact that we'll have multiple kids stepping into different roles and and not anyone you know, putting the weight on one shoulder of any certain kid. Um, I do think that'll be a big part. And then just being scrappy and um, you know, we changed our offense to the shotgun wing T, which is really good. I think it's really helped us. It's more of a systematic way to do things. Um and our kids have really bitten it off, and they they have seen the potential of what it can do to help us, and um, they're they're excited about it, you know. So, well, I,
0: the thing I love about football is, it, like like Montana State former head coach Jeff Cho used to say, a lot of times you just get back to the future, right? Everything goes in in uh, sort of cycles, and you think wing T, you think way back in the day, but then you realize if you run it out of the gun, that's what so many of these college offenses are running. I mean, Montana State ran the spread wing T when Jordan Anderson was the quarterback and they, they ran it all the way to the playoffs uh, in the FCS. So uh, how do you kind of stay sharp on that kind of stuff though? Because it seems like the more things change, the more they stay the same, the more you can have sort of new iterations of old ideas. If you stay sharp at all the ways that football continues to evolve.
4: Yeah, for sure. It is. I mean, it's, it's it just like education too it's all cyclical. You see these new ideas that were actually old ideas come back in, and you know i think I think for us it's more it's more we we had a need to do it we're we're just not as big as everybody on up front, so we're just not gonna line up and push people in a zone type uh offense, but this gives us a chance between angle blocks and pulling guys and um you know just different dimensions in it. And what's interesting with that people have been so far away from that style of football in general, that defenses are going to have to relearn how to, how to line up against it. Cause you know, your defense usually morphs to try and stop the whatever wave of offense. And, you know, with people going spread more now coming back to different type of look, you, you got to be able to change and adapt to those things. So in some ways, that might give us a little bit of an advantage. People really haven't seen it for a while. Um, when I first got to Big Sky, we had forms of it. But when you were a freshman, forms of it a little bit, um, how we ran our offense. So it hasn't gone that far away from it. Um, but it definitely diff- – It's it's modernized now, right? Well, I love following all that
0: kind of stuff, and it is always fun. Last thing for you, Coach, then let's talk about the matchup. Gallatin High School uh, coming from Bozeman over to Missoula to take you guys on in the opener. So uh, what's the early scout on Gallatin now? Year three as a program. I know they have a young coaching staff that uh, has implemented a lot of the stuff that gave a lot of those guys when they were players success at both Bozeman High and Montana State. So uh, what do you think of Hunter Chandler's squad? What do you think of just uh, Gallatin in general coming over here to Missoula?
4: Well, it's interesting. On their roster, we were looking at this. They have 60 kids listed. 30 of them are over 6 feet tall. Oh. I, I think we got like 6 or 7 kids over 6 feet so oh, wow. Not, Yeah, not that height's everything, but I've heard that. They got a lot of like just bigger kids in general at their school. And, um, so they look like they're a pretty good size. They're running, I think the running backs got a chance to be a big threat. He's a bigger kid. He's like 205 pounds. Uh, looks like he moves pretty well. Um, you know, I think it'll, in my mind, it'll be similar to last year. We gave him a dogfight. Uh, unfortunately for us, we had like six turnovers in that game, you know, and we end up losing 13 to three. So I, like, I think it could be a similar game and if we can nullify those mistakes, I think we can, we can flip that, that card there. But, um, you know, they, they look pretty solid. It's hard to tell when you just see the scrimmage film, everybody's, you know, they're only just showing you their base stuff. You don't really get a full picture of what their team looks like. Um, but from that picture, I can see they, they got some guys. They got a couple defense players that fly around. Um, they're running back. You know, they got a little speed on offense. One kid was a dolky. He was a sprinter for them. Um, so they, they got some pretty good stuff. And like you said, they're still young in their program. I think every year they're going to get a little better as the kids get to know their system you know, and what their coaches expect. But, um, you know, we're expecting a dogfight. I I think if we operate, we've had a couple days of practice where we looked pretty sharp. I think if we can bring that to the game setting, uh, they're going to have their hands full with us. Um, Same time, it'll be really big, and I'm sure they're in the same boat because they graduated a lot of pretty good seniors. That You never know how kids are going to react Friday under the lights. Um, sometimes that adds another dimension, especially if they haven't been out there. So I think that'll be a big thing. It always is on those first games. How do the newbies handle you know, the situation and respond to adversity?
0: Matt Johnson, Missoula Big Sky head coach. will join us weekly here on the Garden City Spotlight. His team takes on Bozeman Gallatin at Missoula County Public Stadium on Friday night. Coach, appreciate it. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being here. Yep, thanks, Colter. Really appreciate it. There you go. High school football almost underway. Just a couple hours away. Actually got kicked off last night in Butte, Butte, squeezed by Billings Sr. And uh, also had a big win by Hamilton down there against Corvallis last night as well among your uh, season opening scores. How about some free pizza? It's a Friday, so that means it's Friday Pie Day presented by Front Street Pizza. Front Street Pizza on Front Street right across from the old public library. Just a block up from the new public library right there below Rome Student Housing. Excellent, traditionally sourced pizza, and we got a large one for you for free. All you do is call us, we call them, you go pick it up. You want a free pizza, call number 2, 406-888-1029. you want to go pick up a free pizza from Front Street Pizza, call us right now. 406-888-1029, Friday Pie Day, presented by Front Street Pizza. Well, it's the end of August, so that means uh, Coach Takir's voice should be in preseason form instead of <laughs> midseason form. We always love talking to Coach Takir, Travis Takir, Montana men's basketball coach, joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Coming to you live from the first hole at Canyon River Golf Club. Appreciate Canyon River, all their awesome support this summer and every summer since I've been back at ESPN. For uh, my money, it's the best public course in the state of Montana, so if you haven't checked it out, come out here, check it out. We're out here for the Grizzly Scholarship Association uh, Golf Tournament, and to sort of the culmination of a summer as we get ready to start school here in a little while. Crazy that school's already back, Coach. Uh, what's been going on? How was your summer?
5: Great. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it's probably the best summer I've had uh, since 2017. Um A lot of positives. A lot of it has to do with the the chemistry and culture of the group that we spent June and July with. Um, And then I I, I finally was able to kind of get away and and spend some family time and get fresh.
3: How much of now college basketball, this day and age, where you just kind of have to assess your roster after the end of every March and kind of reset a little bit, what were some of the priorities and the nature
5: behind of how you retooled the roster to what it is today? You know, the college athletics has changed anyway. I, th- I think sure. I, I think every sport has been impacted um, by COVID, uh, transfer policies, NILs, the, the whole nine. But you know, for 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 basketball, I kind of feel like uh, what what motivates these young men, what their intent is, is, is changed, and I think that it's impacted where coaches see. Uh, this thing in terms of how they put things together, you know when, when I first got into college Basketball right or even coaching in general. It was all about Trying to help someone get better Take a bad player and make them a decent player take a decent player and see if you can get him to be an all-conference player and maybe help a couple guys get a college scholarship and stick your chest out when it happens and when they come home with their diploma you brag and it's now gotten to where, you know, you've got 15-year-olds talking about how much money they want to make playing the game <laughs> yeah. and signing NIL deals in high school. And so with that being said, the word loyalty uh, is one of the last things that comes up in the recruitment situation. And, and so it's just become very difficult, and it, it, it's part of the evolution of the human being, I guess. And uh, you've got to find a way. Uh, to be successful but make the most of it well it's
0: been such a strange transition for all of us in sports because everything has changed and i think one thing that we went through was you know you can sit there and you can not like the way that things are changing but then once you realize that a lot of times it's completely out of your control you got to figure out how to sort of adjust and i think that a lot of people especially us in montana because we just have such a different way of life here than most other places, we right. didn't want it to be like that because there's so much tradition, especially University of Montana men's basketball. Right? I mean, right. the basic formula for winning in your program has been the same since 50 years ago. Right. I mean, truly, from right. Judd Heathcote all the way right. through yourself. Right. But now you kind of have to, right? So, I mean, how much of it is just kind of having a positive attitude and adjusting to the state of the times? A lot of it,
5: um, you know. And and I think there, there was probably a stretch, 2020 through 21 where, you know, I'm, I'm on quite a few committees nationally and first 15 minutes of every conversation is a complaint. Right. It's a complaint session and what we don't like about where we're headed and how do we fight for what we had. Right. Um, and, and I think that we're, we're all kind of figuring out, you know, we, we've got to evolve a little bit, change a little bit. But I, I, I'll say this is that Montana, when you talk about Montana athletics, I think the word tough is a common theme. Um, when you want to be descriptive about all the athletes throughout the department. And I, I think those kids still exist. There's not as many. Um, there aren't as many that are built to handle adversity, play through adversity, fight through adversity. Um, and, and so you got to look under some smaller rocks than you used to. For sure. But they're there. Uh, and, and I think we hit a couple home runs in that regard this summer. We'll find out how good these guys play the game and um, how quickly they can – uh, pick up on schemes and, and, and style of play and those types of things. But I think that we, we found some kids that are built that way.
0: Does it make it easier, to not easier, but more simple to hone in, though? I mean, it's kind of like when you were recruiting at Cal, right? You can only get a certain kind of kid that can get into school at Cal. So your pool becomes smaller, but maybe you can have more pointed recruiting. Is it the same thing now with toughness? Like, hey, if the guy doesn't have it, apparently, right away, we can move on and just go look for this uh, somewhere else.
5: Correct. Um, I, You know, it, 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 at Old Dominion, there was a plethora of those kids in in that what they called the seven cities for sure right and and because they were so close to our front door we 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 could grab them before people knew who they were at cal it was it was more about whether they could survive there academically right we'd get them in school but you know it's it's an environment where they weed you out it's so tough academically the pride at at cal is you survived Right. As opposed to at a Stanford, where once they get you, they swallow you up, put your arm around you. It's more of a private school environment, and they're going to make sure you make it. Um, and 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 here, you know, you're pulling most of these kids. You're going to bring them away from home, For sure. And you're going to put them in an environment that they're not used to. So there's a culture shock they go through. But also there's the, there's the competitive environment that some of them aren't coming from right now, and that's a whole another shock. Um, and and so it's harder. You're 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 looking in the weeds a little bit to find some guys and. You know, I, I think with COVID, we didn't have a chance to stand in front of a young man and have a face-to-face conversation. A Zoom conversation is not the same. Right. We didn't have a chance to bring them to campus and see how we work so that when I sit in an office to say, hey, this isn't easy. You, you see how hard these guys are playing, how fast they're playing, how competitive they are. And, you know, for them to see it and observe it and then commit to it is completely different than you just telling them what it yeah. is. So I, I think there's a lot of pieces that just weren't there. Um, to, to, that we were provided with in terms of our process of how we do things and now we're kind of getting back to that. Um, but th- like you say, there's just fewer of those kids and we got to find them
3: so many layers that now go into it and what you guys have really dealt with the last couple of years talking with Travis Takir, Grizzly Basketball the roster has been great to see it put together. We'll, t- we'll talk more about those players at a later date. I want to talk about the schedule because that just came out. I'm a scheduled nerd. I'm fascinated by it. I bug you guys all offseason. It came out and it's very unique coach because you have five November home games. You have a perfect split now. where it's six home, six road. That has to be nice for you to see you play the likes of Xavier and Gonzaga and you have the Zootown Classic again so those are some of the nuts and bolts. Tell us how it came together and uh, your thoughts on it all.
5: Tough, yeah. It, schedule is getting harder every year. Um, it, it, it's it's you got to put money behind home games because no one wants to go on the road and play uh, a mid-level program that's that's winning over seventy percent of their home games. It's just yeah. who's going to sign up for that? And um, it, it's just very difficult. And so the classic is is is. Probably the best way for us to at least get three like opponents in our arena, Um, because I, you know, for those programs, it's a chance to 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 catch someone on a neutral site and potentially win a game. And a lot of those programs are teams that probably don't play a lot of home games, Um, and so that's been advantageous for us. Um, And then the regional games are very difficult. We just can't get anyone in the region to come. And for us to be able to get a home-and-home with Air Force, uh, you know, was was a little bit of luck. I think that they were struggling to get some games as well. Um, You know, I think the biggest thing about our our schedule that I like is you look at Conference USA, the Atlantic 10, right, the Sun Belt, the Mountain West, and say, okay, we're getting these people home-and-home. And we're getting, you know, some of those programs on our schedule uh, and, and there's also some potential NC2A tournament teams on the schedule that we've got action at potentially beating. Well, and, and that's very difficult to do.
3: Well, and Gonzaga. I mean, that, that's the crown jewel, right, in this schedule. Right. Everyone is so fired up, coach. Number one, just how hard is it to schedule a team like Gonzaga? And your excitement level, hey, I mean, right. not often that you get the preseason number one on right. your schedule. You guys got that challenge.
5: No, nah, that, that one speaks for itself. You know, we, we, we played them back in 2016. It was a barn burner. It was a fun game. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're they're a little different now than they were back then, but but even then they had three NBA players on their roster. Um, you know, so we're excited about that. I think the tough thing for us is going to be how we're going to handle these tickets.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, right. the hey, I got two, I, I got, never two, two, I'm, I got my request. In no, I, just, <laughs> I won't
5: make the cut. <laughs> No, you 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 you're gonna have a prime spot. So <laughs> yeah, you need a
3: color guy out there. Or yeah, or no else. kidding. <laughs> that could be an auction item. How about right. a color analyst for
5: Gonzaga game courtside? Right. That could be big. Right. You know, fun. well, rich. hey, okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll plug uh, golf. There's golf. Is they've got two tickets to auction off. So there you go. Uh, those of you that are. Uh, Grizz fans, uh, why don't you throw a few dollars at that golf team?
3: And no doubt about it. So women's golf is going to have their fundraiser. Two, two tickets to Gonzaga. Men's basketball, their fundraiser as well. Roundball golf tournament. It'll be Thursday, September, September 9th. 9th. September 8th for the golf tournament, September 9th. Uh, for the roundball oh, golf sorry, tournament. I'm sorry, golf tournament, September 9th. Yeah, My dates the are the all messed and, up. You're uh, right. The, 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 two the Excellence Dinner, Meet the Grizz Dinner,
5: is on the 8th. There you go. And, uh, anyone that wants to be a part of that excellence group uh, come enjoy that I think it's the best night of the year for all of our all of our funders
0: all right, so last thing for you coach speaking of uh just sort of the state of affairs in college basketball there's a lot of talk around the community what's gonna what's Grizz hoops gonna look like this next year a lot of overturn on the roster and uh, as I've been telling people I think that what you guys did was you prioritized a lot of the guys that I think you play the way you want to play and then you added some guys that are maybe fitting better roles than what you had a year ago a little bit more diversity on the roster just in terms of you know now maybe you have a tough minor rebounder to go with a Josh Bannon right now you have you know put the ball in Brandon Whitney's hands and, and see what happens so uh, what do you like about the additions you made this offseason and what was it like crafting this roster I
5: think you know you have a good team or potential to have a good team when your best players struggle in practice Yeah. when it's competitive enough that they struggle defensively, they struggle offensively, and they don't just dominate every single day. And and I think that we've created that environment for Brandon Whitney and Josh Bannon on both sides of the ball. We'll be bigger, we'll be faster, we'll be stronger. Um, you know, but I, I think the two things for me, um, to, to feel like I can be successful, we need to be tougher, which we are that, and we're older. Um, you know, we've been two of the youngest te- we've had two of the youngest <laughs> teams back to backs in the country and the way this thing has gone with 24, 25-year-olds on on the floor, you just it's hard to win games with 17, 18. Right?
0: Well, how much of that was just a self-scout, too? Because I remember the last question I asked you at, in Boise is, what do you need to do for next season? You said, get bigger, faster, stronger, and tougher. So, how much of it was sort of just looking, hey, this is what we have to go accomplish this
5: offseason? 100% of it. And, you know, we were on the verge of that the summer before. Right. And, you know, we as coaches, you know, you, you, you have an ego, too. And you want to invest in the roster you have and get the most out of the roster you have. And that's where that word loyalty comes in in, in terms of trying to finish something you started. And we just couldn't get over the hump. And, and and I think a lot of it is that we just had too many players on our roster that weren't one-dimensional. And unfortunately, that one-dimension was on the offensive side of the ball. And we were decent offensively, but we weren't great. Um, and we made some things work on the defensive end, and there was times statistically – we were in the top half or, or top three in, in conference in terms of points scored and things like that. But we couldn't get the ball. We couldn't rebound the ball. We couldn't get a loose ball. And that, that's lack of size. That's lack of speed. That's lack of athleticism. And so we had to regroup and and, and, and make some corrections. And you do that through recruitment a lot of the time. Travis Takeer, University of Montana Men's Basketball, a couple weeks away from the round
0: ball tournament. And uh, sooner than you think, basketball season right around the corner. Thanks for being here, Coach. Go Grizz. You has got a new track coach. We'll hear from him next. Doug Fraley here on Nuwana's Now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.
4: and that's when you need our help that's when you need to call Schulte law firm because we know the players we know the game we can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want if you've had a bad
0: day visit jshultielaw.com
1: one oh! on now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television
0: the Grizz Avenue track coach. We caught up with him earlier. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Our River City runners for the week, Doug Fraley. River City runners here on Nuanas Now, except for we're coming to you not from the track, but the golf course. I guess during cross country, <laughs> golf courses can be tracks there as well. There you go. That works. New University of Montana track and field coach, Doug Fraley, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And coach, welcome to
1: town. How you doing? Guys, thanks for having me on. This is uh, awesome. Awesome watching everybody, all all the Grizz fans, dispersing for the golf scramble today. You know, there's so much enthusiasm, energy around this program that I've noticed I've only been in town for, this is my first week, but I've noticed that man. They live and breathe the Grizz. It's awesome. Well,
3: I was going to say some of your early observations is obviously the process had to be a whirlwind. You're just getting hired a couple weeks ago, and, and acclimating yourself to Montana is going to be one thing, Coach, but what did you learn maybe through the interview process about this place, or or what was so attractive to you of why you wanted to be a Grizz and why you wanted to come to Missoula?
1: Well, my wife and I are both from the West Coast. I'm from California, and, and my wife, Erica, is from Oregon, and so we both spent a lot of time in New Orleans and would spend most of our vacation time out this way, you know, backpacking or skiing. Uh, all the things we like to do are in this region, which is what led us to Washington State uh, in the first place. And then when when a head job in the region that you really want to be in comes up, it was really attractive. Uh, first off for the region, second off, um, the more I learned about the University of Montana and, and how intimate the city is with the athletic department, with the university, uh, you know, the more I learned about it, the more it became a no-brainer to apply for the job. And going through that process with with the administration and and talking to people who are alums and just doing research on it, the more I learned what a family atmosphere it is, what an intimate university community relationship it is and those are the kind of things I'm looking for in a spot where I'm going to do my first stint as a head coach and you know I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be a long-term stint because I think this is the kind of an area you can build the interest you can there's plenty of athletes in this region that you can recruit that want to be here and I think that's the regional concept is a big deal for me as a track coach because the one thing I've learned over the years is when, when, the, when the student athletes take pride in the jersey they For put sure. on, they have a lot more success than athletes that, you know, don't really have an identity with the town or with the state or the university.
0: Tell us a little bit about your background. Grew up the, the son of a track coach, right?
1: Yeah, my dad, Bob Fraley, he was a track coach for 49 years wow. in California. Wow. Yeah, he coached at the high school level first, and then in 1981, he went over to Fresno State. Ended up being the director of track and field there. And so, you know, I grew up a track kid. I grew up going to the track and following my dad around every day and, you know, learning to coach. I mean, learning to do multiple sets of events uh eventually learning to coach multiple sets of events and so it's kind of in my dna
0: but you weren't involved in collegiate track and field at least for a long time there in new orleans is that
1: right yeah i had a uh, about a 15 year stint where when i retired from from professional track and field i was a pole vaulter yep in 1994 um i coached for a couple of years at fresno and then decided I wanted to try to do something else I'd never done anything else uh in my life so I went into private business in New Orleans with with a friend of mine and and had a 15-year run at that and uh so I did I I got a break from track and field but eventually it called me back in it pulled me back in and the timing was great because at that time they were looking for a, a jumps coach at Tulane University and so I was able to you know stay in that area which i really enjoyed living in for 25 years and and get my college coaching career back on track
3: well timing's everything as we're talking with doug fraley new track and field coach for the grizz and some of the, the first things maybe that you want to tackle i know it's probably early and you're thinking, hey maybe i want to settle into missoula first but some of the things that, that you want to attack is maybe you put your stamp on this program because there's never really a dull moment in the in the world of track and field
1: yeah that's correct and you know, I've got very specific objectives that I want to accomplish here, and there are certain ways that we're going to try to go about that. Um, you know, the first thing is really evaluating the roster, seeing where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and then looking at the Big Sky Conference, because that's a big part of, you know, the strategic plan in any sport is, is what, are areas in the, what are areas in the Big Sky Conference that we're going to be able to be real successful at. What are areas in the in the conference that are going to be tougher? And so we're going to plan our strategy according to that. Um, but as far as program-wide, one of my main goals is going to be community involvement. You know, there are so many Grizz alumni, track and field people. Since I got the job and it went out on social media, the response that I've had from Grizz fans and Grizz track alumni, finding ways to get in touch with me, just to congratulate me, just to welcome me has been overwhelming, and so one of my main things is reconnecting the Grizz alumni, especially the track and field alumni, not just on an annual fundraiser or something, but in an actual organization. We're going to try to put together a Grizz track and field wow. organization and make the alumni and make the people in the community feel connected to our program. That's one of my big objectives. That's huge.
0: Two last things for you, Coach. One, college athletics is always going to be changing, but it's been so rapidly changing the last couple years. It seems like, though, a lot of um, the stuff that's been ailing for, I guess for lack of a better word, football and basketball, maybe not quite as much in track and field. I don't know. Do you feel like there's a little bit more steadiness in track and field, or I guess how have you seen the sport of track and field at the college level change?
1: You know, track and field, it's a basis for athleticism. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, and so – it tends to thrive as long as, you know, the universities feel like they want to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big part of athletic pr- athletic departments because of the sheer numbers. Sure. Uh, you know, you can have 90 to 110 track and field and cross-country athletes on your team. And so, you know, that's a big part of the overall number of most athletic departments. Yep. And, you know, it's it's thought of as a, a fundamental development sport, and it's it, I think it's really important. I think administrations realize that's it's, it's really important sport to have in their department, and so you know we get a good level of support at the places I've been. It's been a good level of support for track and field. I feel like it's a good level of support here, um, and we're going to try to increase that. You know, the admin administration administrative support is you know, what it is and what the budget is for it, but we can go above and beyond that if we go out and we put an alumni association together and, and we involve the community in things that we want by having functions at camps and clinics for youth and, and, and high school kids and, and just try to bring the whole thing together so we can take the, the support that's already there from the administration, which is, which is outstanding and then grow that that's part of our job you know we're a non-revenue sport and so we've got to get out and beat the bushes and create extra support if we want better travel if we want better budgets and things like that you know the administration is going to do what they can for the sport of track and field but the track program has to step outside and create interest and create more support from the outside
0: Doug Fairley here on Nuwana's Dow. As a River City runner, he's the new track and field coach at the University of Montana. Last thing for you then, the support is obviously a huge factor. What other factors give you optimism and faith in building uh, Grizz Track and Field?
1: Well, this is the flag step, flagship institution in the state of Montana. And so what we as a staff have got to do is we have got to start winning the recruiting battles with the other schools in this region. Yep, You know, that is first and foremost. If we're going to... If we're going to accelerate our growth and our performance level in the sport of track and field here, our first priority is getting the best Montana kids yep. to come to the University of Montana and not Montana State.
0: Doug Friendly here on Nuanas Now. This is the first of many. Thanks for being here, Coach. Thanks for having me. Interesting guy. A little bit outside the box uh, from what we've experienced in the past for Montana coaches in general. But... Uh, little Southern flavor. You can hear the little New Orleans in his voice, even though he's not from there. Spent a lot of time down there in the Big Easy. So, Doug Fraley, welcome to town. Look forward to working with you. What's going on next week? It's game week. Can't wait. is Now, ESPN Radio. More after this.
1: This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula.
0: These guys rocked. I've given you the concert review across the board from all the headliners, but the best opening act I've seen this year, the Future Birds. They opened for camp in July, and, uh, man, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, Camp was awesome. Missoula just loves camp, so that was fun. But uh, the Future Birds were also very good. is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. If you missed anything in the show today, jam-packed. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, broke down some Grizz football. We also had a variety of interviews from out there at Canyon River Golf Club as the Grizzly Scholarship Association Tournament played out there, uh, out in East Missoula. We heard from Greg Sundberg, the Executive Director of the GSA, as well as an Associate Athletic Director at the, I guess now, Deputy Athletic Director at the University of Montana. Alex Esselman swung by SWX Montana Television to get us a Bobcat football update. We heard a 4015, an excerpt of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast with Chris Chitavitsky, the Grizz soccer coach, courtesy of our Andrew Houghton, our producer, uh, here at uh, Nuon is Now. We also heard from Ryan Nelson, Missoula Hellgate head coach, and Matt Johnson, Missoula Big Sky head coach, as part of our Garden City Spotlight. Travis Takir, Grizz basketball head coach, swung by, and Doug Fraley, the new Grizz track coach, as well. Thanks to all those people for giving us their time. Thanks to Montana Sports Information for facilitating many of those interviews. And uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. I got an interesting weekend. I got a little gig. Uh, One of my great friends, dearest and longest term friends, uh, she is a private chef, and she's got a little gig up at uh, a very secluded place in north-central Montana where we're going to be cooking for several dozen people. So I'm going to be out this weekend. I'm sure most of you, though, are going to be rocking out down at River City Roots Festival uh, downtown in, uh, in Missoula. We have all of our folks from Missoula Broadcasting Company. that will be helping facilitate, organize, and MC the event. Say hi. I know that Robert Chase and Mike Smith and Tommy Evans from the Trail, Aubrey from the U, that everybody's going to be over there. So uh, if you see anybody with Missoula Broadcasting stuff or Trail stuff or U stuff, you see our red ESPN truck down there, say what's up. This is the first time I've missed Roots Festival in the five years I've been back. But this just seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be able to do this and uh, help my friend do it up. But if you do uh, do any of that, uh, please enjoy it. I don't know if I remember if I said this or not, but all the stuff that you missed on the show today, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast.